Thank you, Leah. Morning, everybody. Fantastic to be here. Um, uh, we are going to be having a good look today at what it means to be um, unknown. Now, we've been looking at like uh, loads of good habits that we have, uh, loads of good disciplines. So we've looked at confession, haven't we? We looked at prayer. We've looked at, at silence and solitude. We've been looking at all those things that uh, can clear the rubble in our lives and be really brilliant things that we are doing every day. And so we come to this one, uh, which is called uh, being unknown. And uh, now it doesn't mean in any way that it's a bad thing to be known. Known, uh, but we're just going to have a look at what that actually means. I think it's fascinating, don't you, that when you look at confession, so we did confession a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? When we look at confession, it's all about uh, the, but the things that you've done that aren't too good, tell someone, right? And then we get to this one, which is the things that you've done that are really great, keep them to yourself, that's, don't you think that's fascinating? The very opposite to the world we live in. The world we live in says this, the things that you do wrong, do you know those things? You keep them to yourself. Don't tell anyone. The things that you do right, however, tell the world, tell everyone how great you are. We live in a very different world to the one that Jesus is talking about. And I find that so fascinating right at the very beginning. So we live in a world that loves celebrity, loves the known, loves the famous, famous for singing, famous for dancing, famous for being intellectual, famous for your brain, famous for modelling, famous in, there's a craving to be famous, to be known wherever you go. And even, uh, you know, we have now more and more uh, opportunity to do that with YouTube, with um, Facebook, with social media. If you want to be known, if you want to, uh, people to know about you, what do you do? You you advertise yourself on Facebook. There's a, there's something that there's a there's an image that you want to give selfies that you want to take of yourself. And what you're doing is saying to the world, "This is who I am. This is me on Instagram. This is me." Uh, you're, you're making yourself known, not just to a few people, but to the world. This is what, this is who I am. We have such a desire sometimes to be known and to be, fa- that you know, like there's the voice at the minute, isn't there? And then there'll be X Factor. And uh, we live in a place that just craves to be famous. And then, of course, when you are famous, It's not that great, is it? Up you go and everybody thinks you're great and then you do something and then the opinion of you is terrible and awful and you're the worst person. Like you you are then, uh, when you are uh, famous, you are then riding a very different wave. I even think of the Queen and uh, the Queen, you know, who has tried to do things right all of her life. There'll be times when she's been very, very popular. There are times that she is, do you remember when Lady, when Princess Diana died and she didn't come back and that the popular, you know, people were unhappy about that. And uh, so even when you're famous, even when you're known, sometimes um, it, it's, it's, it's opinion is good and then opinion is bad. But there's something in us sometimes that wants to be known. So 
I was at a worship conference once and uh, it was just after Big Church Day Out and there was a worship leader there and we were doing a question and answer session just after. And one of the worship leaders that was, had come to the conference stood up and he said, um, he, he was really, really angry and he was expressing anger, really. At, none of his songs were being sung. Uh, he wasn't given an opportunity. Nothing was going on right with him and he wasn't in the, he was happy with the worship scene in England and he was, there was just such rage in him and he was unhappy and he was expressing that. And I walked away from that, um, that time with another worship leader and he said to me, isn't it so, so sad that Christians and that people have fallen for the lie to be known is to be loved. And that has always, always stuck with me. To be known is to be loved. Of course, to be known, to be famous does not mean that you are loved more does not mean that you are loved more by God. It's nothing wrong with being famous, nothing wrong with being known. But it does not, in, in God's eyes, doesn't make one little bit of difference to be known. And sometimes we have a longing, don't we, to be known. Uh, and, uh, and so I just want to have a look at that. Where does that come from? Where does that longing, uh, where does that society's longing to become known come from? Do you know, I think it comes from an addiction to approval, an addiction to what other people think. And um, I'm the firstborn in, in our household. And I think that probably uh, struggling um, to not be addicted to approval is probably one of the biggest things that I struggle with. Because I do, I want to do things right. I want other people's opinions of me to be good. There's nothing wrong in some ways with wanting that. But I, 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 we can become addicted to being approved of, addicted to what other people think. It can be, uh, you know, like uh, in Instagram, you have your likes, don't you? And uh, so young people, and well, not just young people, people can find it really difficult to not become addicted to like being liked. We want to be liked. Uh, that might be on Instagram, but it might be just us as individuals. We want the likes. We want the ticks. We want the approval. We want the affirmation. And sometimes that can be a little bit like um, an addiction for us. We need a, an addiction means that you, you need that fix to make yourself feel happy. You need somebody to praise you, somebody to encourage you, somebody to say something good about you, somebody to, eat, to text you something nice in order for you to feel good, in order for you to feel okay, in order for you to feel that people like and love you. So how do we know if we are addicted to approval? And uh, uh, these are some of the ways that we can know. Uh, number one, if we are easily hurt by others, then often we have an addiction to being approved of. That can be somebody has a less than glowing opinion of you. You can be very affected by that. Uh, that is one of the ways we know that we are addicted to what other people think. We can habitually compare ourselves with other people. Another way of knowing that you are um, overly thinking about what other people think. You can have a nagging sense that you're not important enough or not special enough. Just that sense like, I think I should be given more position here or I think I should be seen better here. That nagging sense that you are not important enough. Uh, 
if we are um, addicted to approval, uh, we can be very envious of other people's successes. And we, another thing is that we can want to impress important people. So somebody comes that you think is important. It might be at work, it might be in church, it might be wherever that is. We want to somehow impress them and make them think well of us. Uh, and the last thing, the last way that we know that we're addicted to uh, approval is that, or what other people think is that we will be worried that someone would think ill of us if we did something or if we didn't do something worried about that, overly worried about that. Henry Nguyen says this, to whom do I belong? To God or to the world? Many of my daily preoccupations suggest that I belong more to the world than to God. A little criticism makes me angry. A little rejection makes me depressed. A little praise raises my spirits and a little success excites me. Often I'm like a small boat on the ocean, completely at the mercy of the ocean. And so um, we can be very, very uh, caught up with what other people think. Now, what did Jesus do? Uh, Jesus was, um, you know, he was unknown for, he lived for 33 years, unknown really for 30 of those years. He grew up, uh, you know, nobody knew who he was. He was only actually known for um, a very small three years of that time. And three years of that time, he was known in a good way sometimes and very, very popular. And, and sometimes he was really hated for what he was saying. Uh, Jesus was not um, governed by other people's opinions. He was governed by what his father felt about him. He, was, he knew the approval of his father. And he said what he felt he needed to say and that sometimes that was popular and sometimes uh, that wasn't popular. I love it that Jesus, all the way through the Gospels, will be saying, when Jairus' daughter, who was 12 years old, was healed, um, at that point, he says, uh, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody about this. So many of the miracles all the way through the Bible say, Jesus says, don't tell anyone this. Don't. He wasn't ever wanting to show off. Sometimes um, that would have been because he hadn't died yet. The completion of the story hadn't happened yet. And so he was wanting the whole story to be told. Not that you thought that healing was the end, but salvation and finding God and knowing God as your Saviour. That was, that was the most amazing story in it all. But uh, Jesus often said, don't tell anyone. And then we have in Matthew here, uh, Matthew 6, if you want to um, turn with me, it says this, be especially careful, Mikey's just read it, be especially careful when you're trying to be good, that you don't make a performance out of it. It might be good theatre, but the God who made you won't be applauding. When you do something for someone else, don't call attention to yourself. You've seen them in action, I'm sure, play actors I call them, treating prayer meetings and st- and street corners alike as a stage, acting compassionate as long as someone is watching, playing to the crowds. They get applause true, but that's all they get. When you help someone out, don't think about how it looks. Just do it, quietly and unobtrusively. That's the way your God, who conceives you in love, working behind the scenes, helps you out. And so Jesus encourages us to do good things and not to be influenced overly by other people's opinions. And so what does that mean for us 
uh, you know, to not be thinking all the time about what other people think. So often for many of us, I guess we have a little jury in our minds and that jury may can, can uh, maybe your parents, it may be your teachers, it may be significant people around you. And that jury of people, uh, you often will think as you're doing something, I wonder what so-and-so would think. What would my mum think? What would my, what would that person think? What does that person think when I do this? And we can often have a little jury of people uh, in our minds as we are just doing life and be thinking about what they think. We can confuse our performance with our worth as a person. Um, Sometimes we realise that in when we're young, we think about what people are thinking. We think, you know, what if that person thinks that? What if that person thinks that? When we get a bit older, maybe we think, um, I'm tired of thinking about what other people think. I'm just going to... just going to live how I want to. And then maybe we get a little bit older than that and realise nobody was thinking about us at all anyway. (laughs) Everyone's thinking about themselves. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, uh, you know, there's uh, great freedom really in that thought that uh, uh, no one is is really thinking that much sometimes about what you're doing. Um, I find it really fascinating how we can uh, manage what people's impressions are of us as well. So for instance, if I was telling you a story and I said to you, um, oh, do you know, I watched The Crown the other day and we were watching this and watching and it was really great. And then I said to you, oh, but we don't always watch telly. You know, we, 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 it's a rare occasion. It's rare that we watch telly. It's, what I'm doing there is thinking you, I don't want you to think I watch too much telly, right? So I am going to I'm going to make sure you don't think I watch too much telly. And instead of just thinking, I don't care if you think I watch too much telly. You know, if you think that, that you know, think it. About what, what about when we say, oh, I bought that thing in the set. Oh, I bought this in the sale. It was in the sale. Well, well, why do you have to say you bought it in the sale? Is that because you don't want people to think you're extravagant or you, um, you overspend? Do you, we're managing what people think about us. Don't want you to think that I go out spending a lot of money on myself now. So I'll tell you. I bought it in the sale. We manage what we say. I went out, uh, you know, if you say I had a drink last night. Oh, not that I always drink every night. Do you, uh, what, do we, what, what are we saying there? Oh, don't want you. What, we, we know that we don't always drink every night. But what we're saying is, don't want you to think that about me. How many things do we say to each other that are saying, don't want you to think that about me. Scared about what you might think. Man, I'll manage you. I'll manage what your opinion of me is. And uh, why don't we just say, what? why can't we be free? Why do, why do we have to think, I have to manage your opinion of me? This opinion could not be okay of me, you know, and uh, just be free of that. Um, so uh, the other thing I was thinking of this was showing off. Of course, we were talking this morning, weren't we, of showing off. I always remember my Uncle John, he used to, uh, he was a bit younger than my dad. So he used to bring lots of girlfriends home. And um, the girlfriends that came home from university or wherever, used to come home and we used to sit around and tea. And I remember this so well. I remember we showed off. We really, really showed off. We, I don't know what we do. We do a little dance. We would be shouting and being very gregarious and be showing off. And you know when your mum and dad say, stop showing off. It's so embarrassing, isn't it? It's just awful. You just 
think, oh no, stop showing off because you know you are. Now, it even happens to me now, to be honest, when I'm um, uh, like when the children have their friends round. I don't, have you ever had this experience? When my children have their friends round, I will, I'll be chatting and lively and like this. And, my, and then one of them says to me, mum, you're showing off. And it's so embarrassing, isn't it? It's like, and you think to yourself, I am. <laughs> I mean, I say to them, I know I'm showing off, but I'm just trying to be friendly. <laughs> I don't mean to be showing off. <laughs> but um, showing off is, uh, is, is sometimes very... Now, I think that we as adults learn how to show off a little bit better than maybe children, you know, who go, look at me, look at me, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. We say, look at me, look at me in a bit of a different way don't we? But really, a lot of our conversation is about showing off. We are really saying, look at my grandchildren, look at my children, look at what I've just done here. But we sit ever so subtly. Do you know what I mean? We cover it up a little bit. We don't want to be gregariously showing off, so we do it a little bit. And uh, often, we want, to imp- we want to impress each other, don't we? We want, we want to impress. And so, therefore, in this very passage, uh, Jesus is saying, you don't have to impress anyone. You don't have to impress anyone. Do you know what? The more I studied this, the more I looked into it, it was almost like, I felt like something had had a grip on me, as though like two hands on my arms. And as I studied it more and more, I felt freer and freer. As I studied what I thought people thought about me more and more, I felt like the fingers of grip were slowly coming off of my arms. I think studying the Bible frees you, doesn't it? Just studying what the words of God say bring life to you. And they they did to me over over this whole last week. I have been thinking, you don't have to worry about... Why are you worried about what anybody thinks about you? Why worry about... Why can't I be free to be who... Why can't I just be free to be what God has called me to be? So how do we live free? How do we live not thinking, what does everybody think about me all the time? How do we live like that? I'll tell you one beautiful passage in the Bible. is in 2 Corinthians and um, it's Paul. And he says this. He says this, 2 Corinthians 4. Don't imagine us leaders to be something we aren't. We're servants of Christ, not his masters. We're guides into God's most sublime secrets, not security guards posted to protect them. The requirements for a good guide are reliability and accurate knowledge. It matters to me very little what you think of me, even less where I rank in popular opinion. I don't even rank myself. That's absolutely what Paul says. I feel I, I rank myself very little. I do not think of myself. I do not think about other people's opinions of me. I think of that very little. He doesn't say he doesn't think about that at all. But he says, I think about that little. So what he's doing is saying other people's opinions, yeah, they, they can help in some ways. 
but they are in perspective with how God feels about you. Do you see what I mean? He ranks them as little. He puts them in perspective. He's not ruled by other people's opinions. He's not ruled by what he thinks somebody may think of him at any one point of the day. He's ruled by what God thinks about him and knowing his value and knowing he is known by God, not worrying about whether he is known by by anyone or anything else. He is just knowing that. And so some of the ways that we can be free are just making sure that we have got perspective and that knowing that God knows us is the most important thing in any one of our lives. Knowing what He thinks about us, knowing what He says to us. Have you ever, if you've got children here, when my children were small, used to put on the music, we still do sometimes, and dance and dance around the room. We'd all go crazy and we'd all have great fun. We'd have the greatest fun. And we, do you know why that is? That's because I was free. There's no judgment from children. Children don't look at you and say, cool, you're dancing out of time. (laughs) They don't know. They don't care. You're free from judgment. You're free to dance how you want. You could sing at the top of your voice. And when you're with children, nobody cares. You're free from judgment. Don't you think that's what God wants for us? That we live free from other people's judgment, but free to be children of God, free to worship just how He run, not be thinking, oh, I wonder what so-and-so thinks about me if I do this. Gosh, I've never ever come down to the front and been prayed for. Best not do it. What would everyone think? What if I suddenly start, you know, leaping around? What will people think? What if I, what, what, we often think, what will people think? What will people think? think if we do this I know myself that when sometimes I just I just want to I just go just run into God's arms and just go for it and afterwards I will think I will feel vulnerable will feel insecure like what do people think in that time well, and I want to encourage us more and more to be not what will people think but what does God think what does God think about you? What does God believe about you? What would you do if you were completely free from anyone else's opinion of you? What, how would you be? How would you be if you weren't thinking in the back of your mind all the time? What if they think that? What if they think that? What would you say if you were completely free? How would you sing? How would you be here in church if you were completely and utterly free from anyone else's opinion? How would you be in your workplace? if you are free from anyone else's opinion but God's. Do you know what? I think we'd live differently. And I think that's what God has for us, that we will live free. So some practical things that we can do are, um, we can practise doing good things that are unknown. We can pray for somebody for a long time and not tell them and not tell anyone. We can... um, we can give a lavish gift. We can give something and not tell anyone. We can uh, live with a bit in the Bible and memorise it and not tell anyone. We can mow our neighbour's lawn. We can have whole days where we do things that nobody knows about, but that bless other people. And we don't talk about those things. There's so many practical things that we can do. And also just to know that we are so loved by God. So that, that's what breaks it really. You're known by God. If you're never known by anyone else, 
You're known by God. God knows how many hairs are on your head right now. Not, not some of you, all of you. He knows about your day. He knows about what you tick on. I wonder if the band, you come on up, we're going to finish here. But He knows all about you. He knows every single detail. It says in Timothy, this most amazing thing, the Lord knows those who are His. The Lord knows you. God knows you. You don't have to be known or... But it, there's, if you do become famous, then great, we will celebrate that. But if you're never known... God knows you. And, and, and I think that that is the most absolutely amazing thing to ever find in our lives, that God knows us. God loves us. Let's stand up together. I'm going to just read from Psalm 139, which is all about how God knows you. Just close your eyes and uh, I just pray that you will have, uh, you will feel the freedom of God as, uh, you know, any of those things that have been just said that you think, you know, I know that I am afraid of what people think. Just uh, let that grip come off of your arm. Let that grip come off of you as you think, no, that God, I don't have to be, I don't have to think about what other people think all the time. It says this in Psalm 139. Just, uh, just uh, take this in. Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in, behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. For you created my most inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And so, Father God, we pray that we would not in any way be held back by what we think other people think of us, that we would not seek other people's approval, but we would be free free and known that we are known by you and loved by you 
and accepted by You. Father God, we thank You. Thank You for the freedom that comes with that. Amen.